The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to a game from radio facility. Back up a con. This is your host Mark Torres speaking. With me via virtual distancing, we have none other than our very special guest co-host uh, from the Bitten Apple. Uh, we have uh, Rafael Tavares. Howdy, folks! It's Written Rit Ralph here talking to you with our friend Mark Torres. <laughs> so on this week's show, we actually have a new uh, Jay Bird and Lee segment, and we have uh, our very own uh, from the Life of Genergies, Generally Feldy, talking to author Renato uh, Renato R E N A T O Renato Tranquilo Tranquilo T R A N Q A L I N O Tranquilo 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 Tranquilo, Tranquilino. I'll go with that. Renato Tranquilino. Uh, she says it right, so uh, apologies if I'm messing it up right now. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's more than time. News is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the uh, Sci-Fi Dot Radio. That's Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of. So, everyone, 25 years of compliments and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Um, uh, the next convention has not been announced yet. So, uh, keep on checking the website to find out when the next one will be. And I want to give a shout out to our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art. The Hurricane, which is coming back this year, Yasmin and Ray, and Rosa. If you guys want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.kingfromradio.com. Click the button on there to join us on our Patreon. Just for a dollar a month, you can get a shout-out on our show. So as we normally do, we're going to start off with the sad news. So um, actor Al Harrington died recently from a stroke. Uh, he is best known for his role as Detective Ben Kokoya, K-O-K-U-A, Kokoya, Kokoa on the original Hawaii Five O series from 1972 to 1976, and as Mamo Kahiki on the 2010 series of the same name. As a side note, he also performed many years as an entertainer with a long-running dance review show, much like that of legendary Hawaiian star Don Ho in Hawaii. Um, he was a, a spry 85 years old. Are you familiar with uh, Hawaii Five O, Rafael? Oh, definitely. I loved Hawaii Five-0. I loved the original one. I didn't know that they had him on the new one. Yes, uh, he was um, He was like the friend of uh, McGarrett, and he came ah. to him occasionally. Uh, he always wore that, um, the traditional robe, if I remember, and he had like the white hair, and he was like, um, he wasn't um, he wasn't with the, the, the shrimp guys. He was one of the other friends that he used to go to, like an old mentor. Every once in a while, it's like, if you saw him, it's like, oh, that guy. So he was that guy. <laughs> Um, and I did not know about him being a performer as much like Don Ho, because I actually got a chance to see Don Ho when I went to Hawaii. And um, as a side story, um, at the time, he had his daughter uh, performing. So he had a, he had he sang Don Ho sang cool. his his daughter, which is Hoku, 
Little Ho. And she came out with that song, uh, Perfect Day. That was hers. But oh. this was before she was famous. So I got to see her as a young kid performing. I was like, wow, she's a really good singer. And she became famous later on. And uh, he had like a comedy show. It was like a dinner and a show. So it was really cool. So I, uh, I, I did not know there was other performers like that in Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, yeah I'm surprised. You know, I knew about the, you know, Hawaii Five O. I didn't know about the new one that he was doing stuff there. And I definitely didn't know he was doing shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're a fan of Hawaii Five O, ironically, uh, we have the second bit of sad news, which is actor William Garson also died recently from pancreatic cancer. Wow. William, or Willie, as he was more commonly known, appeared in such films as... Troop Beverly Hills, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Repossessed, Soap Dish, Ruby, uh, Groundhog Day, Black Sheep, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, The Rock, Mars Attacks, There's Something About Mary, Freaky Friday, Fever Pitch, Ashley's Ashes, Walk of Shame, Seven Days to Vegas, and The Bellman, just to name a few. On the small screen, uh, Willie appeared in such shows as The Deliberate Stranger, Mr. Belvedere, Quantum Leap, Pigsty, you still love that show, uh, NYPD Blue, Stargate SG-1, John from Cincinnati, White Collar, Whole Day Down, Supergirl, and the Big Mouth, just to name a few. Of wow. course, most people know him from the HBO series Sex and the City, as well as two feature films of the same name as uh, Stanford Blatch, B-L-A-T-C-H. Oddly enough, I remember him from the new Hawaii Fiola series as Joel Hurst. He was the guy that had his own um, uh, cleaning uh, company that cleaned up after the murder uh, thing. So he was on the show for a couple of episodes here and there. And I was like, wow, two guys from the same show died, and that's crazy. That is crazy. I didn't know. I didn't know he was on the new one either. <laughs> um, yeah, he was. He was uh, the balding, a little white guy, and he had a, a crush on um, uh, Grace Grace um, Kelly. Not Grace. That's that's the dancer, the the actress who was the female uh, Hawaiian lead, and then she quit the show. Okay. Why oh, can't I think of her name right now? <laughs> I'm bad with names. I'm not gonna remember. <laughs> the girl from Battlestar Galactica. There you go. Um, Grace. Sure. Oh, man, this is going to bother me. But she was... Uh, anyway, so she she was on the show and, and he was on there as well as a, as a minor character, but he also uh, passed away. And he was a, a young 57 years old. Oh, that's pretty young, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so moving on for the final bit of news. A longtime actor, Basil Harry Hoffman, also died recently. And as of this recording, which is September 29th, 2021, no cause of death has been announced. Uh, Basil's career spanned over 50 years and was in just about everything he's he was just about in everything. He's one of those quote unquote bad guy actors that you happen to see all the time. So he's in tons of films, but it's like he doesn't have like a big starring role, but he's oh yeah, I've seen that guy. I've seen that guy. So <laughs> he's just one of those characters. Um, of note, he wrote two books, Acting and How to Be Good at It, as well as Cold Reading and How to Be Good at It. And he was a spry 83 years old. Oh, well, you live a good life then. No, uh, it's it's, uh, it's always arguable. That's true, you know, because you know we're living into our nineties now. So, hmm. So, uh, moving on for the not as sad news from the well, I guess that's over department. Former convict Lori Lachlan is returning to acting. Turns out that she will reprise her role of Abigail Stanton from the Hallmark Channel series. When Calls the Heart in a new spinoff series called When Hope Calls. Uh, Lori will appear in a two-part season two premiere slated to air on December 18th. 
For those of you who weren't paying attention or care for that matter, Lori was fired from the series due to her involvement in the college admission scandal where she tried to bribe her That's kids' right. way into prestigious schools. While still on probation, Lori was sentenced to two months in jail. And her daughter, Olivia Jade, who didn't get to go to college, uh, she is currently on the seasons of uh, the current seasons of ABC's Dancing with the Stars. So I guess the term stars is very loosely used now. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's funny because I keep watching the show and they keep announcing who's on. And I'm like, oh, OK, I wouldn't consider that person a star. <laughs> well, I guess it's uh, it's, it's relative. <laughs> it's actually relative. That's funny. Um, I actually met Lori Loughlin one time. All, uh-huh. all I can say about her is that she had really cold hands because we had to shake her hand. Right. And we've been talking about this on the show about this whole college admission scandal that she got right. thrown in jail for two two months because, you know, the, the dangers of trying to get people, trying to bribe her way into school, which people do all the time. And they dropped it like a hot potato. But now, since she's served her time, as they say, now she's coming back. I didn't think she were, they were going to let her come back. I think it's weird that they did. I'm really surprised because I know that um she was doing um the new Full House, Fuller House, whatever it was yep. called, and they dropped her from that because dropped her like a hot potato. Yeah, because I was expecting her to be in the season finale, on the series finale, but she wasn't. Yeah, and so they just like pushed her aside because they didn't want that to get involved in the controversy. And now it's over, I guess. Yeah, it's all good. It's it's weird how it's it's you go to jail and then you're fine for certain cases especially in this situation. Yeah. Oh, I think I got that name for you. Trisha Helfer? No, that's, um, that is, no, uh, she's Oriental. Oh. Just go, just look up, just look up uh, Hawaii Five-O main cast. That's the, Trisha Helfer oh, is the blonde girl. She played the Cylon. Um, talking about. Yes. So, so while he's looking that up, we're going to move on to the next bit of uh, news. From the legal department, the estate of Steve Ditko, creator of Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, just to name a few, um, is suing Marvel, which, of course, is owned by Disney, yeah. announcing that it will reclaim the stake of the multi-billion dollar body of work when the copyright expires. According to the lawsuit, a long t- uh, joining the lawsuit, I should say, a longtime Marvel writer, Larry Lieber, who is Stanley's brother, as well as the heirs of Gene Cullen, Don Heck, and Don Rico, all who have co-created such characters as Iron Man, Black Widow, Hawkeye, and the Falcon, just to name a few. The lawsuit does not want to stop Marvel from making more movies, television shows, comics, and merchandise, but instead wants a fair share of the profits. According to copyright laws, Marvel will no longer have the legal rights to make all that stuff without permission after June of 2023. Wow. Under the Copyright Act of 1976, all authors can cancel the copyright they've granted to others for their original work after a period of time that depends on when the work was made. They are also explicitly entitled to threaten to cancel the copyright to negotiate a better deal, which is what they're doing. But right. Marvel, which is Disney, is countersuing, contending that the characters shouldn't be considered original artwork or original creations to which it was purchased the rights, but instead has made for work for hire. So it's kind of like a quote unquote, like building a house or drawing the Pepsi logo, unquote, which is explicitly excluded from the provision of the copyright law. So basically, if I hired an artist to draw a character that I own, that is not, that is work for hire. 
I, I hire you to, let's say I hire you to paint a Pepsi logo mural on this wall that, on, on the side of our building. Right. You can't claim copyright because we're paying for you for your work to work for hire. However, if I say, hey, draw something that's related to uh, our logo, and then you draw it, that is not considered work for hire. That is his intellectual property. It's the person created it. Right. Okay. So it's always been a gray area of who created what back in the day. And the argument is, if you think about it, there was an article I had read, which explained it perfectly. It, it actually was addressing the whole Stanley Jack Kirby thing as to right. who created what. So there was always been a fight between Stanley and everybody else going, this is why I created or this is what he created. Right. So basically the article said that Marvel is Marvel because of the money and the powerhouse behind it. So while the characters might have existed, they wouldn't be where they are today in such, without the money and Marvel promotion machine. And Stan Lee was the promotion machine. He was the hype man. He really put it all out there. It's like when they say, if you make something great and no one's around to see it, is there, you know, what good is it? So these guys may have created these things that were, that were unique and different. And without those things to create, you couldn't hype something. But on the same level, without the hype, the characters wouldn't be so popular. That's, that's, the, that's what the article was saying. So it's like they both are equally as valid making these creations. Makes sense. I, I can see where they're going with this. I feel like they're gonna go. They're gonna settle out of court because I, I don't. I don't. I don't think they're gonna like not give them any kind of money. Well, the, that's the thing. It's in in their world. It makes more sense to settle out of the court because if they lose, it sets a new precedent, a legal precedent from yeah. everybody else going forward, and I they don't that. want that. Which is uh, as we've been mentioning on the show about with a uh, hot star Johansson. <laughs> And the movie that most likely they're going to settle out of court because yeah. if they go to court and they lose, whether or not they believe that they that they can win, mm -hmm. if there's that two percent chance of losing, that loss will cost them more money than they can possibly afford to lose and hand out. I agree, and also in, in bad publicity because you know you know when you're an organization like that you know you you come out looking bad compared to the person who's suing you but in 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 certain cases um is at least according to social media the the bad guys in this situation are the creators are the artists because they're like oh if um they they do sue them and they have to make them not put the characters out then they'll stop making all these different marvel stuff and people are mad. Like, we want our Marvel stuff. We don't care because the corporation has made it in such a way that you think the, the average fan doesn't know about these people. And therefore, they don't care. They just want to see their they want to see the next episode of what if they want to see the next Marvel movie. They don't care who's being left aside. So it's interesting how it's it, they're, they're portraying it. I can I, I, you're, I completely agree with you because I've seen also on social media where you know people are going shame on you you know why are you backing the corporation instead of backing the people yeah it's very interesting mm. oh uh, by the way you were pretty close it's Grace Park Grace Park I knew it was Grace something um, that was from the Hawaii Five O people who are listening thank you very much <laughs> um, so moving on from the that's a lot of nuts department. The Marvel film Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings has held on to the number one spot for four weeks Ooh. in a row, 
pulling in an additional $13 million in the domestic box office, easily beating out the new film, film? The new film, Dear Evan Hansen, which opened in a number two spot with just $7 million. For those keeping track, Shang-Chi is now the highest grossing film of 2021 with $197 million, followed closely by Black Widow uh, at number two with $183 million. Nice. Of note, Shang-Chi is only available to see legally in theaters, while Black Widow is available seen on Disney Plus for an additional fee on top of whatever you're paying for the service. Keep in mind that these numbers do not reflect revenue made from the streaming service. Now, we said this before, but this right here is exactly the case for Hot Skull Johansson to get her money because yes. uh, Black Widow is an established character. And if it was just released solely in theaters, which was what the deal apparently was, mm-hmm. it would easily have made more than Shang-Chi. I agree. So, I mean, in one hand, the Marvel guys like, yeah, we're making tons of money on Shang-Chi, which they didn't expect to do well at all. And on the other hand, they're like, well, uh, we made tons of money because they had the, the top two movies of 2021. And the other money that they're making from the uh, streaming service, that's all theirs. <laughs> They don't have to share with anybody. That's that's streaming service money. Wow. Yeah, and that's the money that she's going after. It, it, it makes sense, you know, especially because um, you know, I, I know they weren't expecting Shang Chi to do as well as it did, but it's a great movie, and so it has it has to have done as good as it did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, of course, and of course, if um, Black Widow came out in the theater, she would have done well because just just on the word of mouth, and everybody waiting for that movie. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. We have okay. We have a few more minutes. So let's go to the next bit of news from the numbers department. Netflix has released its viewership numbers for the top ten most watched original films. Right. Keep in mind, this is Netflix saying how many people watch Netflix. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> but um, the top ten movies are. At number 10 is Murder Mystery. Did you see that movie? That was the Adam Sandler, uh, Jennifer Aniston movie? No, I haven't seen that one. So it was 170 million hours watched of that movie. Wow. So you have to take that and you have to divide it by how long the movie is, by how many people watched it. So that's how many, that's how much, that, that's their, their revenue. There's 170 million hours of that movie was watched. Wow. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> at number nine, I didn't see that movie. Uh, at number nine was The Old Guard. That was the Charlize Theron uh, okay. and Mora yeah. movie. Did you see that one? I haven't seen that one either. So that uh, was 186 million hours viewed. Uh, at number eight, which is Army of the Dead, and I did see that one, mm. had 187 million hours watched. Uh, number seven is Enola Holmes at 190 million hours watched. I knew that one did well. Uh, number six would be Spencer Confidential at 197 million hours. Uh, number five, which is number which is six underground, and that is at 205 million hours watched. Uh, number four, which is Kissing Booth number two, at 209 million hours watched. And number three was The Irishman. I think that won all the awards with. Um, Ray Romano, uh, oh, okay. yeah, Martin yeah. Scorsese, mm-hmm. and that was at a 215 million hours watched. So we have two movies left. So uh, how familiar are you with Netflix movies? What do you think are the number one and number two movies? For one Netflix? of them has to be um, that cartoon that came out, you know, whatever versus the, the robots. 
Oh, um, uh, no. <laughs> oh, I'm it was not. Wow. Okay. It was the one with the family and 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I actually saw that one. Yeah, it was good. But, I loved it. <laughs> but no, that was not one of the two. So number two is Extraction, which was at two hundred. That was the Thor movie. Well, not Thor movie. It was the Chris Hemsworth movie. Okay. <laughs> at two hundred and thirty-one million hours watched. Okay. And then, if you think about it, it makes sense. But I would not have thought that this was the highest watched movie of uh, Netflix. Bird Box, if you remember. What? Was really? it, well, people were talking about that movie like it was the second coming of movies for a while. They were, but really? So every, apparently, oh, I didn't see it. Did you see it? I didn't see it either. <laughs> so it was 282 million hours viewed. So just, just think of that. Let's say that movie is a two-hour two, two movie. Yeah. That's 120 minutes. <laughs> that, that's still up there. Yeah, it was like, oh, damn, that is way up there. <laughs> so it's a two-hour movie. At 282 million hours, <laughs> that means, uh, what was it, 100 uh, million people watched that movie? No, yeah. is my math is my math wrong? So you take uh, two hours. Oh, you have about 100 and something million to watch the movie. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you take two hours, so it's basically half. Yeah. Of a uh, 282, so that's uh, a hundred and forty, right? Yes. Yeah. It's a, That's a lot of people divided by two. <laughs> it's 141, 141 million on average have seen the movie. Now you have to take into consideration that it could be more that they didn't watch the entire movie. It's just of how many of how many hours was it watched. So you can have a hundred. We have 141 million people. You can easily double that to 300 million people watched half of that movie. At least, yeah. There's just the amount of hours watched. <laughs> So that's, wow. that's, yeah, that is something. So um, I'm actually surprised by these numbers. I am surprised too. But like I said, it's, it's, it's Netflix talking about Netflix. Netflix. Okay, take it with a grain of salt. All right. <laughs> so let's see. Um, what do we have? We have uh, four minutes left. So we'll do a small bit of news and then we'll have our final thoughts. And you guys can promote your, uh, your channel. Um, from the, from the uh, promotion department. Our friends at the show, uh, Carol Demas, Carol Demas, and Paula Janis from the Magic Garden, has oh, just yes. announced their new uh, kicks, uh, Indiegogo campaign to bring back the Magic Garden. Uh, right. We've had them on the show um, twice, actually, and basically, the Magic Garden was a show that was in the '70s, yeah. a New York show, um, where two ladies it was a children's show, so it was kind of like that of Sesame Street or Romper Room or that yeah. kind of. Um, a flavor totally and it was an educational show it was fun and they and, and it's been syndicated for years and years and years and then it stopped yeah. and then it came back and they're still going so the animated series that they're look, working to make on is a, a proof of concept for investors so they're making an indiegogo campaign to bring cool. the show back as um as a prequel is when they're kids so they're going to be kids in the magic garden and it's going to be animated okay so just everybody just go make sure to check out the Indigo campaign for uh, the Magic Garden and contribute. If you can't contribute financially, you can always like, share, and tell people about it like we're doing right now. Exactly. Uh, you, were, you were a fan of the Magic Garden being a New Yorker? Oh, I was a huge fan of the Magic Garden. I grew up with that show. I watched it religiously. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, they're still, well, pre-pandemic, they're still performing. 
they actually do their show. They have the original puppeteer wow. as, as Sherlock, and it's we've a live show. And I actually got a chance to see it in uh, in Long Island, and they're still going strong. And um, the one thing that I found out about uh, Carol Demas is that she is like a, an old school classical singer. Wow! And she originated the the role of Sandy for Greece on the Broadway. So she create she helped create that role, and um, I mentioned this on the show. But we had a we had the privilege of going to a private um, house concert at her house at her home. I remember. And you said she that, yeah. and she can still sing. She's like eighty something, and she can still sing. And she said the reason why she can do, still do that is that back in the day, they didn't have microphones. So if you were in an auditorium and on Broadway, your voice had to carry to the end of the auditorium so it's it's a training that that people nowadays don't have as much of you know you got the microphone you don't need to to really project your voice exactly but if you guys are a fan of a quality uh children's programming you guys can go check that out so Raphael, i'll give it to you do you want to have a final thought for a new segment tell people where they can listen to more about you well, you guys can check it out. Check us out at Bitten Apple TV. I am Written Writ Ralph. We have our live show on Wednesdays at 1130 for the Written Writ Late Write. And now we're moving our other show to Mondays at 730 for Apple Bytes. And social media, anything you want to plug? Yeah, yes. if you want to look us up, just look up for um, Bitten Apple TV. That's Bitten Apple TV, like taking a bite out of the apple. You look us up there, you'll find us everywhere. All right. Well, thanks for sitting with me on this new segment. No and problem. With that, we will take our break and we'll be right back with the game from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. This month at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, get ready for the death of Doctor Strange and the Darkhold event from Marvel Comics. And from DC Comics, the Batman event, Fear State. And from the mind of Todd McFarlane, Gunslinger Spawn from Image Comics. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8, Thursday and Friday, 2 to 7, Saturday and Sunday, noon to 5. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Call us at 516-673-1133. Thank you and stay safe. Hi guys, this is Xenia Seberg who played Zev on the show Lex and you're listening to It Came From The Radio My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio sci-fi for my Wi-Fi The more I listen, the more I learn Now, back to our show Hey, this is Jay Britton Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're talking about The Shawshank Redemption. Classic film. Mm-hmm. Another Netflix special for us, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, was it Netflix? No, it was know. HBO Max we watched it on. That's no, what, I have no idea. Yeah, that was an <laughs> HBO Max one it was on. Um, all right, so what do you think of Andy Dufresne in The Shawshank? It's a it's an awesome movie. Um I was not expecting him to actually escape to be honest. Like I had no idea that's what he had up on his sleeve. Like, Spoiler alert. Oh sorry. Well I'm sure <laughs> most people saw this movie. <laughs> well I was definitely not expecting him to escape 
that was like blow your mind yeah I wasn't expecting that at all. I mean, I'm glad he did, but <laughs> right. I definitely wasn't expecting that. So what do you think of all of the uh, the whole story in general? This guy was, you know, you thought he did it, right? You, so part of the movie is that he gets convicted two life sentences for killing his wife and her, and uh, her boyfriend. Yeah. I don't think he did it. I mean, I was just confused at first. I didn't know if he did. I didn't know if he didn't. It was sort of just like confusing because he seemed like he wouldn't but he seemed like he would at the same time (laughs) right i think that was the masterpiece of his acting because he was kind of a cold guy yeah so they'd think oh you definitely do it because you're cold and like right relentless yeah what do you think of the um the warden and uh his uh captain the captain is Honestly, just interesting. I don't really know what to think about him. Because he was super mean, right? I mean, he, I I can't believe he killed the guy at the beginning, just from kicking him and. Well, yeah, I think that people were very brutal, you know. In some cases, now this is based off of a um, Stephen King book. Oh, what's the book? Shawshank Redemption. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it's actually a short story, apparently. And um, hmm. considered one of his, you know, better books. But I think, like, because it was short, you don't really think of it as a Stephen King, or because it's Stephen yeah. King's a horror film, a horror guy. So uh-huh. you don't really necessarily feel like this is one of his style. But you could totally see how great it is. You it's know, it's amazing. What do you think of Morgan Freeman, who was Red in the film? He. He's well. I mean, he's a very good actor in general, but he played the role really well. <laughs> so, because of that movie, he got more voiceovers uh, to do on so many projects. He did the Penguin movie. Do you remember the March of the Penguins? He also did. Um, he's just been in. So, he's in so many movies, but his voice is considered like the best voice in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, ever since that movie, he got more voice jobs than he could ever probably imagine. You know? <laughs> um, he was the voice of God, or he was oh, God yeah. in the Jim Carrey movie, mm-hmm. right? Um, Wait, which one was, was that? Bruce Almighty. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was great. He did an amazing, amazing job, you know? Um, and... Um, who else did we meet? I met one of the guys there, William Sadler, the in in one of the films. He he was at the film festival, and I met him once. Oh, cool! Yeah, it was kind of cool. So he was in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and he <laughs> was the um, Grim Reaper. Do you remember that movie? Oh yeah. Oh, he was the. <laughs> so I had gone up to him and said, you know, hey. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. That was amazing. And he was like, ugh, you know, because he wasn't like so into it. But he did replay that role again in the last <laughs> film. And he was in a few other great movies. I mean, you like these ones with the twists, right? I do. I, but the ones with the twists are my de- definitely my favorite because it just... Yeah. Then it's just, it's just awesome. Well, the one that I want you to see is called Memento. That is about a guy who has long-term memory loss. So he only remembers everything for that day. And then he forgets everything the next day. It's a twist movie that you would like, 
Primal Fear, another one that you would love to see. These are some of these older films, but I think you would be really interested in them. We'll have to try them out. Yeah. Well, anyway, would you recommend Shawshank for those who haven't seen it? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. This is The Amazing Question, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Hi, Radioheads. I'm Jenny Feldy here with awesome, intelligent, very interesting Renato Trencolino. He's the author of the sci-fi novella Fate of a Distant Future. He's also in the film world. He also does many other things, but we're focusing on this sci-fi novella today. That's the topic. We're not going to get into film production. That could be two hours right there. So hi, hello. Thank you for being here from the Philippines. Hi, Jen. Yes, great to be here. And, um, you know, uh, yes, I'm in, in Manila right now. It's a little bit chilly because we've just had a, a typhoon come through. So it's, it's it's not as hot as uh, normal. So it's, it's kind of nice, actually. Okay. Yeah, even though, Off topic yeah. question, because I don't know about typhoons. I've never been in a typhoon. Could you tell this New Yorker, DC girl, what what happens when a typhoon comes through? Well, it, it, it can't, they're, they're like different classifications. So this one is signal two, that that um, uh, which is the effect is only signal two. So there's no houses being blown away or anything like that. So oh man, that's it, it's, not fun. It's, <laughs> but there are flooding and 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 regions that have been hit hard like okay. with with the uh, with the typhoon i mean you could have fallen trees fallen um electrical poles um you know yeah. that sort of thing so it can it can still fairly, be fairly dangerous so you don't walk around going Woo, you know like you so, don't so so kind that. of smoothish segue um you know your book uh, at least a summary of the book there's it, it has to do with an earthquake that happens in the philippines not ah. not a typhoon and there's worry yeah. of more disaster that could happen. So could you just give us a quick little synopsis of the book you wrote that we're going to talk about? Sure. Um, basically, it's a novella uh, and it's composed of four stories. Uh, and so the four stories tell of uh, a, kind of like a generation of, of uh, generations of different characters and how they they um they had to deal with situations in in their particular era uh and and the book is basically about how the the philippines which is like a perceived as a third world country and uh you know fairly poor that sort of thing how it got into the space race and that space colonization um despite going through turmoils and and betrayals and whatnot uh during um, 4,000, 5,000 years, you know, right. uh, from, from, from today, uh, 3,000 from today. So, and, and that's, that's how the, the story kind of um, uh, unfolds. Uh, and, uh, and as you read it, you see how the country kind of slowly evolves into that 
the space spacefaring or space mm-hmm. colonizing colonizing um, country. So before we get to the space part, one thing that stuck out for me. So uh, the Philippines basically wanted to rent out, or as I colloquially am going to call it, Airbnb, a third of the country, uh, to the highest bidder. And I've always been afraid. I'm afraid of renting out property or renting out a room. I I don't. I, I mean, renting out a third of the country. What? Yeah. Um, okay. So how that came about is basically there's the first story talks about uh, we are if you look at the Philippines, it's on what they call the the volcanic ring, the ring of fire. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of volcanoes, lots of under under um, undersea volcanoes, earthquakes. So we are prone to earthquakes, not as bad as Japan. However, there is a a string of um, uh, undersea volcanoes that can cause um, this fault line like okay. that goes through the big city of Metro Manila. And so that's, they're waiting for that. I mean, sadly they know that it's going to happen at some point. Mm. If that happens, then it's going to spell a great deal of disaster for the country. Um, how, how big a disaster we're looking at? Well, let, let's see, how will it end up being in that situation where we had to rent out a third of the country? Well, in, in my, in, in my supposition, in the way I wrote this book, it's um, based so you have the earthquake uh, and then you have the pandemic and then you got the financial collapse, which was basically said that the country, to, to the gov- government of the country is like, we got to rent it out because they, we can't afford to fix the problem. Mm. Now, why is that? If you look at the pandemic right now, uh, we just did our budget for the government, uh, for the country for 2022. And we have a shortfall of $50 billion. That means we don't know where to get, where we will get that $50 billion. It might be loan or whatever. Um, but that we don't have that money. Okay. They, hey, they, can I have they, like they, $50 billion yeah. just for lunch? So I have a little lunch money? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd think so. But for us, it's it's like a, 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 a huge sum of money. Yeah. Oh, for anyone. So, yeah. So, so imagine, imagine, say that that value of money. Okay, and then and then, um, so we we fast forward. I mean, we're not going to go into like how much that fifty billion would would be worth in three thousand years. But if you then add to that, so that's like the pandemic situation. Okay, mm-hmm. that caused that fifty billion shortfall. If you do the earthquake, that's and real. That's real. That's, or no, in the book. No, no, that's real money that's that real. we're talking about, the shortfall. So, yeah, right now, that's the problem. Okay, wow. so that's... that's Due to the real pandemic one. that happens right now, not in your book, there's a 50 that, billion... That's right, that's what? right. So the pandemic, wow. the pandemic cost us a 50 billion shortfall in our budget, which we don't know where to get, okay? Oh, my God. So now, what I did is, now I built it up into, like, okay, what happens if you got a pandemic and then you've also got this massive earthquake that destroys 90% of Metro Manila, mm-hmm. which um, a similar, uh, uh, something happened like that before where it, where it crashed the tower and cracked a whole lot of building. If the damage is only worth $5 billion, we can be covered by the World Bank. Like, we yeah. have insurance for that. Okay. But once you go over that, and and Manila, as you know, it's it's like an international city. So if it's mm-hmm. if it gets totally wrecked, you could be looking at like you know 
it, it could be about a hundred billion dollars worth of damage. It's so, Exactly. So that insurance plan needed to be upped a long time ago. They should have gotten the higher coverage plan from uh, the World Bank. Where would they get the premium? Where would they get the premium for that? That's the thing. Um, And that's why we're living on borrowed time for that particular. um, Wow. My grandpa actually was in charge of allocating money, but to Latin America for things like this. That was his job. So he would he would know what to say to this. Yeah, the, the Latin American countries are not in that particular mm-hmm. um, situation where they're in the ring of fire. So we are uh, we have a higher premium risk on in terms of insurance. So it's going to hit you in the pocket. Like if you want to insure for 100 billion uh, to cover that sort of thing for the next three years or something, say, say uh, or even 20, 20 years from now. Uh, it's still a big chunk of money to 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 handle, uh, yeah. you know, on a uh, on a premium basis. So anyway, mm-hmm. so then all of a sudden you get hit with these two things, pandemic. Naturally, there's not going to be any business. Um, people are going to be leaving the country, like uh, businessmen and all that. So so there's going to be an economic collapse as well, followed followed following that. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing I could think of was that the government at the time would have to either nationalize all the resources to um uh to basically generate enough money like as in gather everyone up and say okay we're now taking over the government's going to take over everything and it's going to export and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. just to generate revenue increase taxes blah 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 or they'll relocate the the capital somewhere else and then rent out the the third yeah i found that to be pretty interesting well, it's happened, uh, and I'm, I'm basing that particular scenario with what happened with um, Hong Kong. As you know, the Hong Kong was lent, rented out to the Brits for 99 years. Now, the situation is different because that was because of the Opium War. So basically, Britain was doing dope, or like, you know, they, they loved their dope at the time in the 1840s. Who doesn't? So, yeah, you know, you know it, it's a good thing, right? But the Chinese were going, well, wait a minute, boys. I mean, we're not really getting a cut of a decent deal here. So we're going to stop doing this. So what the Brits did was they lined up all their warships okay. and started like pummeling like the basically the coastline of, of China where, where the main cities were at the time. So they had to surrender. Wow. I mean, you know, that was that was British bullying at its best. And basically the Brits said, give us Hong Kong. Give us reparations for this, and you know, basically, they they um they looted like the country because of wow. because of, they made them they made them give up their land as well as pay reparations. So anyway, so that that was colonialism at 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 its worst. But very interesting. In the Philippines, here I'm just going to insert something because you said as you know, and I did not know a lot of what you just said, but I did know uh, the Philippines got looted back. My great grandpa Diego Suarez who I never met my dad's grandpa he lived in the Philippines and I was I heard that they got looted 
a long time ago. So what they did, I thought this was so interesting. And I wore the necklace the other day. They took their their pearls and they put them in candles and they shipped them to them to America. So yeah. so they break open the candle. They had the pearls. So before my grandma died when she was sick, she took one of the pearls. We made a necklace. So I have this necklace with one of the pearls from the Philippines that during the looting, they just they hit everything and they shipped it off. Yeah, that would have been like wow. in the, the the World War Two or towards <laughs> the end of World War Two. Yeah, because like as um like the the whole the whole um city was was destroyed. It was leveled yeah. because of the the terrible fighting between the Japanese army and 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 MacArthur's uh, the U.S. army, U.S. Philippine army. And, and did so, did you have family in the Philippines at that time? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. my grandma was watching dogfights of uh, Zeros versus the Mustangs. You know, wow. um, watching it on the kitchen. And in fact, like she fell um, watching the dogfights as she was watching the dogfights, and then dog and to get like a replacement. Yeah, like dog, um, dogfights dog in the air. Like no, 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 planes. Like um, they were like. Okay. Like, I'm yeah. like that. You did not mean dogfights. Like no, 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 no. Like um, I'm like he doesn't mean Michael Vick dogfights. I'm like okay. No, 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 I'm a health dogfights. person. I know a lots and lots and lots about health and film and, and create. I do not know history very well at all. You know um, why? Because history is not going to fix someone's gallbladder or their enzymes. <laughs> so I just pay attention to what I need to. Like my dad is a dentist. He also yeah. is very similar. We do not know a lot about history. We focus on the. The now. <laughs> he will know when you mentioned to him dogfight like World War Two. He totally yeah. if you if yeah. you mention words like zeros Mustang right. dogfight. Okay. Everyone that everyone knows that. Like so, there, okay. there's no yeah yeah. When you say everyone, like, don't don't put me in there. Okay. No 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 no. You, <laughs> no, but anyone like past the age of maybe forty or thirty. Okay. 30, 40, okay. Yeah. Like well, uh, th- no, I've, I've past the age of fifty. I think yeah. Okay. So All right. So I made the cutoff thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's go okay. back to your book. So okay, just just quick note. So, I'm gonna so come out swinging. Uh huh. So that well, was the first one, right? Like, why would you rent it out? Right. The country. So right. it's basically that the, the total collapse of the economy, uh, right. um, which was which followed the pandemic and the, the earthquake. Mm-hmm. So. And so. There's, there's another theme of the uh, well. Uh, I was just going to switch it to, do you think the U.S. should colonize another planet? But oh, yeah. um, it to be the U.S., maybe the Philippines. Definitely. I mean, definitely. The America is already on its way to doing that. Um, right. And that's why you guys have got a space force. But do you I think mean, we should? That's my question. I know um, what's yeah. going on. <laughs> but do you think yeah, we should colonize um, another planet? Uh, de- definitely, because it's going to help a lot of Americans in terms of jobs, in terms uh-huh. of um, um, energy um, generation, wow. um, uh, finance. Uh, you know, there's going to be all this new stuff that's going to come in from other planets to be processed. Mm-hmm. So factories. Um, so without a question, without a doubt, I mean, America. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send my ex-wife to another planet. No. Sorry? I call him, I call my I, I call my ex boyfriend affectionately my ex wife because he has a uh-huh. lot of traits of like an ex wife. <laughs> so I'm like ah, you can go to another country, <laughs> another yeah. planet. Excuse me, another planet. I mean, you know, um, and and it's it kind of leads on to why um, you, you mentioned something about uh, in one of your questions is mm-hmm. why why is there going to be a UN sort of thing like for planets and most definitely that's going to have to happen because mm-hmm. as these colonies get built up. I mean, they're going to be another America too. In fact, mm-hmm. it might not be America. It might be an American empire. 
right. I've seen it's going to be run by kings and queens or something, you know? So crazy. Um, it's, it's, it's like it's a different planet. You can do whatever you want there, you know, as long as you, you, you send back the, the materials that, that those people that sent you over there mm-hmm. um, can, can sell back to the, to the market or something or produce stuff, you know? So here's that they a, here's a idea. You know, they say people have other families in other states or other countries. Now we're going to have men and women <laughs> who have a family in New York. And then they're like, sorry, honey, I got another family in Pulutana. Uh, yeah. Sorry, she's got a nice rack. You have a nice butt. I got the full package. I don't know. I'm just like, it can happen. Bi-coastal, I mean, bisexual, bi-planetary. Bi-planetary, exactly. Um, I mean, everyone's eyeing Mars. Uh, but Not before me. Mars... Sorry? Not me. <laughs> I don't well, want to go to know, Mars. I want to stay here. Yeah, I mean, right you'll, have, you'll be amazed at how many people actually signed up for a oh. one-way trip to Mars. It's oh, about a million, I think. A, mi- yeah. a million? I think a million signed up. Like, yeah, yeah, let's since, get rid of them. The Long Island Expressway is full. I need more roadway. All you people, go to Mars, please. Yeah, they, they, and, and also to the moon. Um, I think that, see, before you can get to Mars, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sorry, before you can get fully colonize Mars, you've got to mm-hmm. have a base so that you can launch the stuff more easily. So that would be the moon. So, so the moon is going to get colonized heavily first with, with heavy industry for developing catapult systems or rocket systems or something to, so that they can fire off um, goods um, to, to Mars, right? And I'm getting so, nervous about driving three hours upstate. You're talking about going to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not just me. I mean, Elon is oh, like no. already, oh, yeah. his brain's already there, you know. Like, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, um, and basically, all this the stuff about like um, Virgin Galactic and and uh, you know, what is it mm-hmm. the, the space trips? Mm-hmm. That's just please for them. That's not really the end game. The end game is to be able to colonize Mars and Wild. stop mining. Wild. So, well, we're at about seventeen minutes now. There's a line in. It says, enraged at the ineptness of the space police, she decides to hunt down the pirates that destroyed her ship and left her and her co-pilot to die. So this woman basically yeah. was, uh, the, the police didn't protect her and she was left to die by the police. So I'm asking you on a personal level, have you experienced similar things in your life? Have the police or the pharmaceutical industry or some authority <laughs> just totally screwed you over and left you to die? Do you relate to this on any level? I think I can relate to it as a Filipino citizen in terms of what happened with the pandemic mm-hmm. um, in the way that um, at the time when everything was closing down to protect the uh, countries are closing up their borders to protect its citizens from the virus. We knew ahead of the states and ahead of everyone else in Europe, whatever, because we're, our president is good friends with China, right? Mm-hmm. We knew what was happening there. And even when China had stopped Filipinos from being able to go back to China to mm-hmm. work, we have not, we did not, we did not stop the, the immigration and, and uh, visiting and all that sort of stuff coming here. Mm-hmm. I, around March, April, which is like at the height of the things that's like spiking. Yeah. We still had, we still had visitors like um, tourists coming in. 
Why? So, why? Yeah. Money. And okay. so, you know, I, I feel like with what I was describing in, in that in that scene where she was left to die, she was left right. to die because they got the money gotcha. and they take it off. They don't care what's going to happen to them. Right. So okay. that's kind of like how I'm, I'm I'm relating to that. I mean, there are other, of course, parts of my life that that's like that kind of relates to that. But that is a key thing that um, that sticks to that that sticks to the foreground, like uh, uh, that that most people can relate to here. Okay. Okay. Um, so I have one more question because we're twenty, and Mark Torres yeah. isn't going to like it if we go over twenty minutes. But you and I can do that privately. Yeah. My last question <laughs> would be: Vilma has a three-eyed best friend. One, two. Guys, do you believe in the third eye? Do you believe in that? Yes, I, I believe in the in the third eye. However, in this particular case, the the third eye might be what well, will be in reference to being able to see more spectrum of the light. Because I think at the moment humans can only detect up to zero point zero zero three percent of of what the light spectrum is. So with this particular creature, like it would have more access. It might be like another 0.5% than compared to us. Okay. So we can see more, more, more different things, uh, energy, like um, auras, things like mm-hmm. that. Do you, and the final question, this is a personal question. Do you see yeah. auras or energy? I had an interesting experience where I've had many people see light lightning bolts and, and sparks come out of my head and around me. It's like electric things around me and colors. So I'm interested, do you see any of that? I had, to, I, I had to really concentrate mm-hmm. um, like before, be, before I do it. And then mm-hmm. it's like riding a bike once you know it, like and once you practice it, it's like you get good at it. But then if you stop, right, then sure. it will take you a while to, to do it oh, again. Yeah. So, so you can do it. You can see those. Yeah, they're, they're like the colors that come off you, like relate to certain types of mm-hmm. um, health that situation that you're in like mm-hmm. i used to see a guy with with like dark auras and mm-hmm. and so and as it turned out like especially it was dark around his back uh, he had a, a back Ooh. problem major back problems in his, i'm gonna have in, to send you pictures and videos of the people i keep around me to analyze so on that uh, note we're gonna wrap up this part of the interview I hope all the listeners enjoyed. Renato has a wealth of information. I love surrounding myself with intelligent people who are skilled. Hopefully he'll be back in the U.S. Um, with his newborn and wife. I'll get to meet next year and hopefully we'll do some very cool things in film and radio and hopefully cool. the world will be in a better place. I, I hope so. Um, thank yeah. you for listening. And now back to more. It came from the radio. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Hey everybody, this is Todd McFarlane of the Record Setting Spawn comic series. And if you're looking for any kind of cool conversation about creators, about entertainment, about all that good stuff, you go to It Came From The Radio. You're listening to the right spot. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. 
Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hi, this is Tammy Stronach, um, best known for playing the childlike empress in The NeverEnding Story, an upcoming man and witch fantasy film. You are listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Hi, this is Sue Lee from Face Off Season 2. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to www.itcamefromradio.com and listen to our archives if you're up in a week or so. Go to such places such as btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. <laughs>